Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. While the world has been distracted with the COVID-19 pandemic, and while much of the U.S. has been consumed with rage, China has decided to never let a good crisis go to waste. On today's show, we're talking about the sweeping new security laws in Hong Kong and the impact on real estate in both Canada and the U.S. When Hong Kong's basic law came into effect in 1997, it left some unfinished business. It was supposed to be universal suffrage, that is, the right for everyone to vote. That was never implemented. Secondly, there was supposed to be a new national security law. The first attempt to implement it in 2003 was abandoned when more than half a million people took to the streets to protest the proposed law. Last week, China's central government imposed a new national security legislation on the city to stamp out a year of protests. The law, which goes into effect immediately, criminalizes activities deemed as separatist, subversive, or terrorist and gives Beijing the authority to deploy state security agencies in the city. Hong Kong's government will be required to strengthen oversight and management of schools, civic organizations, the media, and the internet on matters of national security. Now, having traveled in both Hong Kong and mainland China, I can tell you there's a marked difference between the websites that are accessible from Hong Kong versus mainland China. There's a lot more oversight of the internet in mainland China. The new law gives China's legislature the power to interpret it, overriding local courts on national security cases. It allows for maximum sentences of life in prison, and it states that it would apply to any person who commits offenses defined by its provisions, even if they're outside Hong Kong and aren't permanent residents of the territory. So far in the first week, it's estimated by some news sources that several thousand people have been detained under the new security law. So who's at greatest risk of being detained? Well, certainly anyone who's taken an active role in the protests. And number two, someone with a foreign passport could be charged with aiding a foreign government. And those with foreign passports have also been the ones who've been some of the most vocal opponents of China's control of Hong Kong. It's estimated that there are at least 300,000, perhaps as many as half a million people in Hong Kong living in Hong Kong today who hold Canadian passports. And there's approximately 85,000 people with U.S. passports living in Hong Kong. If there is a crackdown, it's reasonable to expect that a significant percentage of those who have the complete freedom to come to Canada or the U.S., they'll do so. They don't need a visa. They've got citizenship. And of course, this is a little bit more difficult as a result of the travel restrictions being imposed by the global pandemic. But if you've got a passport, you can get out. Immigration numbers to both Canada and the U.S. are weighed down this year as a result of the pandemic. There's really 300,000 Hong Kong residents, and they were all to come to Canadian cities. The demand on housing would be significant. The U.S. has temporarily suspended the H-1B visa program during the pandemic. But if 85,000 Hong Kong residents were to descend upon American cities in a short time period, the impact there too would be significant. Other foreign passports are also common in Hong Kong, including British and various European passports. Even after the start of the transition from British to Chinese rule in Hong Kong, Hong Kong remained as an attractive place to do business. It's a financial center, third in the world after New York and London. Singapore has put out the welcome mat to Hong Kong residents, and so has Taiwan, which has a vibrant business culture. But Taiwan speaks Mandarin versus the Cantonese that's spoken in Hong Kong. Many would fear a repeat of the Hong Kong crackdown in Taiwan at some point. Residents of Hong Kong have traditionally settled in cities with strong Chinese communities. These include Toronto, Vancouver, San Francisco, Los Angeles, Seattle, and even my own home city of Ottawa. 
we've already got market conditions with historically low inventory, rapidly increasing prices, and properties routinely selling above asking price in most of these markets. If we see an exodus from Hong Kong, I predict it'll happen quickly. Flights from Hong Kong are significantly reduced, but it'll still be possible for several thousand people a day to leave Hong Kong bound for North America. And despite the worries over COVID-19, I believe that people will fear prison in mainland China more strongly than they'll fear catching COVID-19. So here's the question. If you knew there would be an exodus from Hong Kong into your home city, what would you do to be prepared? Which properties would you get under contract? Which real estate agents would you make sure to communicate with? What financing would you get lined up to take down properties in advance of their arrival? As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.